Good evening, everyone. It's time for another action-packed episode of the Necromaniacs podcast. How's it going, Mike? I am well. What's up, everybody? It's uh, Mike Hill, Mike Scandato episode. We are uh, hankered down in our respective homes in New York and New Jersey because there's a ridiculous snowstorm happening, a lot of snow. But it is February, and these things are bound to happen. <laughs> yeah, do you remember back in the day when we actually got snow in the winter? <laughs> yes. That's what this is reminding me of. This winter is reminding me of a winter. Yes, it yeah. is. It's something. Uh, we've kind of skipped it in the past, like the past two winters, I would say, in New York City in particular. Um well, last winter, I, I can almost be quoted as saying we got almost no snow at all. And the one before that, maybe one little storm. But the one storm bef- that we had had then didn't, didn't even amount to what we're dealing with right now in one day. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty it's, it's pretty crazy, man. It's like uh, like we got about, like where I'm at in Jersey, we got maybe eight, eight inches of snow. And it's uh, still coming down right now. I just looked out the mm-hmm. window. It's, it's about 10 to 12 here, and there, there's more on the way. And uh, I know we've got listeners all across, uh, you know, this great country of ours. And if you're uh, in, in lovely weather, uh, we are envious of you. But uh, tonight, <laughs> we have a treat for you. Uh, we're going to be reviewing a brand new 2021 released film. We are talking about PG, Psycho Gorman. Um, I think we're just going to refer to it as Psycho Goreman for the rest of the podcast. What do you think instead of PG Psycho Goreman? Yeah, I like that. I, 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 uh, I, I don't, the PG is just like, uh, you know, that's what they, they use in the film. I like Psycho Goreman just sounds cooler, you know? Exactly. And, and I think <laughs> it's kind of a play on their part because of the fact that for, you know, for the guys behind this movie, which is a bunch of the Astronaut 6 guys, this is you know, a, a PG effort in a lot of ways, or at least I'm going to say a PG 13 effort, would you, you know, oh, maybe yeah. more than <laughs> for sure. It's, it's pretty fucking violent. But uh, before that, uh, what have you been checking out, man? Anything cool you've been reading or watching or listening to or any of that kind of stuff? Well, I finished house of cards. Uh, finally, <laughs> um, I fucking really loved it. The only thing I didn't love about it, were the last moments of the last episode uh, in the final season where it kind of ended on a cliffhanger note that completely made me feel like there was another episode coming, but no, that's it forever. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, it ended with like this murder, uh, this killing, and it, it. I just really wanted more. But other than that, I fucking love the hell out of it. Um, I'm about maybe about halfway through the the U.S. black metal book, which is cool. I do have some complaints about it because I feel like the deep dives I was expecting to be there on certain you know big bigger bands like Absu and Vaughn weren't really there um, because the writer only talked to one person in each of those bands. So I thought that was kind of a bit of a letdown. Uh, like the book a lot overall so far, but I don't know. I think um, I'm taking it as kind of a band-by-band basis, you know, instead of as a, as a book as a whole, 
because you know a lot of these bands I'm very familiar with. So yeah, uh, but otherwise I'm still digging the hell out of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could write a whole uh, separate book about Vaughn, really. I mean, with all the different, especially if you take it from the beginning to more current times, because you know there's all these different uh, you know offshoots of that band, and there's also that band Six that came mm-hmm. after Vaughn that they can talk about. So there's there's quite a bit of uh, material to go go over with that band. The one interesting thing that I that I didn't know is that when uh, Nuclear War Now put out those really nice Vaughn reissues about a decade ago on CD and vinyl and pressed a few times, and, you know, they've been out of print for a while. It's that they were done in conjunction with Joey, the bassist, who who was not authorized to do that, and that um, he he was Joey from from Autopsy, actually. Yeah. Um, Been in Autopsy for a very long time at this point. And um, it's because of that, like, they're not even talking to him anymore, the two the two other main guys from Vaughn. Like, you know, it was done, uh, didn't get all the proper permissions, which I did not know, actually. I never knew that. So that was that was kind of interesting to see that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, I love black metal. I've been listening to black metal for a very long time, over 25 years. So, you know, I, I enjoy these types of books. Um, other than that, I am watching the Night Stalker on uh, Netflix as well. I'm about the halfway point there. I'm a little bored by it, though. I don't know how you can make the Night Stalker boring, Mike. It's a little boring. You know, I was, I was, I, I, some, I watched the entire miniseries uh, yesterday, actually, <laughs> and uh, oh, okay. it. Uh, you know what the problem is? Is that. I wanted to hear more about the trial and more about Richard Ramirez and the psychology and mm-hmm. stuff like that, as opposed to the uh, procedural aspects of the, of the crimes. You know what I mean? That stuff's mm-hmm. important. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that they, they mention all of the victims, you know, and they kind of, you know, give them, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, tribute to them, I guess. And, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but they, maybe the movie could have been like half that and then half, delving into the psychology of, uh, of Richard Ramirez. And I think that would have been uh, a little bit of a better move, you know? Um, I think they needed to trim a bit about the two policemen. I think there's so much about those policemen. Yeah. And and maybe it needed a little more about Richard Ramirez. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, definitely. You, can, you can do more about Richard Ramirez and not be praising him. Um, the the ones uh, the one on Netflix about Bundy, which has a great victim angle, also has a great Bundy angle, and it is a bit more compelling, I think. Um, you know, I think I don't know. I'm not finished yet, so I don't know. I just feel my, I find myself like, wow, like why this seems to be like dragging. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely worthwhile to check out. But uh, like I was, you know, you, the thing is about making. F- I mean, not not like I fucking know what I'm talking about, but like, you know, making documentaries, like whatever limited experience I have, like doing film type shit, so much gets filmed and it really is down to the editor to tell the story. So I, I wonder mm-hmm. if they have footage that just didn't make it into that what they wanted to be their final cut. Because I, th- I agree with you. They're a little heavy on the on the cops, you know, which is uh, they're important, yeah. obviously, but. But uh, they don't need to go into all the detail with those guys, I think. 
it's like we almost knew what what they were eating for lunch every day, and it's just like, is that really like? Do we need to know? Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. So that's that's what I've been digging. What about you? Well, I caught a, another new newish horror film called Alone. Um, I don't know if you heard of that one. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like uh, Jeff and I. Te- Jeff texted me about it, and um, I got a, a someone referred to this to me. So two people mentioned it to me. Oh, okay. And I'm like, you know what? Let me check this out. I think it's on Hulu. So I watched it, and uh, pretty good. You know, it was um, not great, but it had it kind of was a. Th- in, if you watch it with like one of those old school like '70s survival like um, maybe like Deliverance or something like that, where there's like some guy chasing someone through the woods kind of vibe, you know, it's like it's no supernatural mm-hmm. elements to it. But um, I, I, it's good. I don't know if I'd watch it again, but uh, I would go out and check it. If you guys have like uh, Hulu, I would I would recommend just uh, giving it a cursory look over, you know. Oh, I also watched, which I, I slipped my mind, the new movie on HBO Max, which prepared, uh, uh, you know, premiered over the weekend with Jared Leto and Denzel Washington. Ah, yeah. I want to see that. Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, it's brand new. I don't. I. I really do not want to say too much about it. It's brand new. It has been uh, out for like three days, so I do not want to spoil it to the public. Um, very, Jared Leto plays a very interesting character. Uh, things are not what they appear to be, and that is all I'm going to say. Worth worth watching. Um, maybe we'll talk about it more another time, but I just literally think it's so new that I don't want to say too much about it because there is like a thriller, you know, mystery bent to it, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I like Jared Leto and, and uh, Jared Leto, however you say his name. I like him in, um, in, in movies. And, uh, you know, he's going to be he's playing Morbius, the living vampire. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm very stoked for. Um, I'm kind of burnt the fuck out on all things like superhero, uh, like traditional superhero. To be completely honest, I don't care at all about Marvel movies. I just don't care. But I do want to see that one. A couple other things I watched was uh, I actually <laughs> I'm going to say it now is that I, I started I, I'm rewatching all of the Marvel films in order. Yeah. <laughs> in, uh, like in, in the chronological order in which, you know, the, the chronology makes sense. So I'm, I'm up okay. to I just finished watching Thor um, and the next uh, good one. Yeah, you know the, the next the next one up is uh, the second of is the Avengers movie. So that's uh, you know they're cool. I don't know. I think I just I don't know. I, I I I'm looking forward to looking forward to Batman. Um, I don't. Know, I I kind of like want to see new Marvel stuff, but I'm not like dying to see it the way some people are. I don't know. I think my head is just in a different place. Lately. Well, uh, you know, particularly with this, that, that narrative they did, it, it's, uh, you know, essentially, I mean, you remember way back with Civil War, you know, with Matt Faction mm-hmm. and all that? That's, that, that's like one of my favorite moments in modern comics, actually, is that. Me too. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just, that's why, almost for nostalgic reasons, I'm watching, watching that in, in order. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I mean that was when Marvel Comics were like it, it, in the mid O's, uh, around the time you and I met, Mike. Oh yeah. six, seven. I mean Marvel was like on fire. Uh, Marvel was really doing really well 
and the Marvel movie mania had kind of not even really kicked off just yet. It was just kind of kicking off. But that was a great time to be reading the comics. And I think I'm, I have a big disconnect to the, to the new comics because they've made a lot of changes and I don't really like a lot of art and stories. So I think my, that's why like it, I've been burned a little on the comics or the movies. I'm also a little burned on. But at the same time, I do appreciate uh, the movies that I like. I just don't know how much more care, like thought I'm going to put into like the brand new slate, you know, and we'll see. I found an, a podcast actually that I like. It's a Shutter podcast, and um, I've never really been one for these, uh, you know, narrative podcasts. You know, where it's they're telling a story, and uh, but I found this one called Video Palace, and uh, it's actually pretty goddamn good, man. I listened to the whole thing. It's a story. It's like got this. Um, pseudo documentary kind of uh you know investigators there's like this interdimensional uh angle you know there's Mm -hmm. like uh old school like vhs tape that has like these bizarre images on you know it's it's really well done man and the story is pretty cool and um like i said i don't i've tried to listen to like those story podcasts and i just they don't grab me like i'm not that into that you know what i mean for one reason or the other but this is actually really good if you're uh normally normally i'm not either but it's funny a while back jeff mentioned one to check out and i've I've checked it out and and i'm i've been listening to it's called the last days of august and it's about the uh porn star august ames and wow it is it is something um it, it can be very like sad at times yeah but it is really compelling like i i could honestly see this as a documentary like that would do very well like i feel i mean if they could find a way to turn this into a documentary it would be amazing um there's uh seven parts i'm up to part four actually so yeah it's kind of funny how we both dove into the types of podcasts that we do not listen to (laughs) and we like it but yeah jeff mentioned it a long time ago i forgot about it and then i just remembered it and I was like, holy shit. And uh, yeah, it's this uh, this adult film star, August Ames, who committed suicide under very, you know, strange circumstances. And it, you know, was bullied online. But in reality, her boyfriend was abusive. It's just, it's, you know, there's a lot, a lot of meat to it, you know. Um, so yeah, very interesting. Last days of August. And then uh, the last thing I want to mention is... Um I got about 30 pages left in uh, a book called Falling Angel by uh, Willem Yortsberg, and that's the book mm-hmm. that Angel Heart was based on. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. There's actually a sequel. There's two books that uh, feature, um, you know, the same character. And uh, the second book is called Angel's Inferno, which I have on deck once I huh. finish this movie. I mean, this book, rather. Yeah. What year was the book of the first one written that was Angel Heart was based on? Was it written in the 80s like, or 70s? Like uh, late 70s, I would say. I don't know I don't off the top of my head. But somewhere somewhere in like, you know, because the movie Angel Heart came out, what, like 80, 85, 86 or something like that? 87 maybe? 
Yeah, I love that movie. That's a great movie. It makes makes me want to watch it. I haven't seen it in a very long time. Oh, it's great. I love that movie too, man. And and uh, yeah, the book is great. It's it's like um, very very more. It's a little bit more like of a hard boiled, you know, Mickey Spillane angle, which is a little bit different than uh, than the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it all takes place in New York. There's no excursions out to Louisiana or anything like that. Oh so, wow! Okay, that is interesting. Let me check that out. Yeah, and you know, Yordsberg also mentions, you know, he he references a lot of cool, like old school, like New York shit, like the Brill Building, and you know, he's very knowledgeable yeah. of uh, some of the folklore of New York City, which I know you'd probably appreciate that too. Okay, yeah, very cool recommendations. So, yeah, people, uh, you can check out some of the stuff we're checking out, of course. Um, but tonight. This is really cool. I feel like sometimes on this podcast, we're, we're not always right on top of, of the brand new films because, you know, we, we like to go way back sometimes or maybe not that way back. And, you know, we kind of have our own, our own little way of doing things as far as we cover. But uh, Psycho Gorman is a uh, fantasy horror comedy film directed by Stephen Kostansky. And a lot of you may remember that name. Uh, he directed a movie that we love the hell out of called The Void, right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, and actually, uh, he's part of the Astron 6 uh, film production group, Canadian guys. That is correct. And uh, we also... (laughs) uh, Five guys. Yeah, it's Astron 6, but there's only five members, which I thought fucking cracks me up. Um, And we also covered The Editor, too, which is another one of their films. And, uh, yes, we have some of the editor. Uh, we love the hell out of that. That was their comedic kind of send up of the Giallo film. And uh, you can, you know, dig back. I'm not sure what number that was. Uh, it was a while ago when we covered it. But we, we, we love the hell out of that film. Um, and we recommend you guys check that out. But uh, yeah, tonight, Psycho Gorman, I mean, what can you say? I feel like a line that I can give it is that it is a kid's movie for adults. <laughs> that's a, that's a very accurate assessment of the film. And, uh, another thing too is, all right, you got to either be on board with the Astron six vibe or you're not going to get it. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't, go in, you can't go into this movie and expect, uh, you know, Mandy or something like that. You have to like no. go in thinking uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, like midnight movies, uh, maybe some of those like uh, like Star Crash or something like that. You know, yeah. And then you, then you're I good. Mean, then you'll be okay. It's horror comedy, but at the same time, it has this very fucked up side. <laughs> like, you know, they get they get a little darker, I think, to a degree with their horror comedy, you know. But it is in line with the other things they've done. Yeah. Um, we mentioned the uh, Father's Day from, from 2011. I mean, I'm sorry, the editor from 2014, Father's Day, is, there, is a film that they did back in 2011, which is really brutal. But again, it, it's funny, but it has very dark kind of subject matter. Um, and before that, they did a thing called the Manborg, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. And compilation uh, of a bunch of their shorts and antics you can get. Uh, it's just called Astronaut Six. Um, 
But yeah, uh, Stephen Kostansky, a, a member of this troupe, uh, has you know branched out on his own uh, to give us. I mean, uh, in the past, after the void, he did a movie I did not see called Leprechaun Returns. Did you see Leprechaun Returns? I didn't see that. No, there, there's a couple of things he's done that I haven't seen, and that was one of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And. Yep. And the movie Cowboys, which I don't even know if it was fully released yet or not uh, from 2019. I think it might have ran into some, you know, post-COVID era issues. But Psycho Gorman is a lot of fun. I mean, it deals with uh, a young brother and sister. Um, now, the movie is shot in Canada. I'm going to assume that perhaps the film takes place in Canada. What, what, did you get that vibe or... or yeah, yeah, someplace, uh, you know, n not in Quebec, maybe, like, maybe, like, uh, you know, somewhere along uh, the southern border of Canada or Vancouver or outside of Toronto or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's suburban. You know, it's very suburban. I mean, it looks like it's obviously could be America, but uh, these are, you know, Canadian filmmakers and they, and they pretty much shoot all their stuff in, in Canada. Um and it's a brother and sister, the, the younger sister, slightly older brother. And, you know, it has like that throwbacky vibe to it. Maybe like, you know, some people have thrown around stranger things. Would you would you agree to, you know, like that kind of like, you know, playfulness? Yeah, it's like uh, maybe like a trailer park version of Stranger Things. You know what I mean? Cause it's like this <laughs> right, has got yeah. like, this is like a little grittier, you know, it's... um. A little more mean-spirited, I guess, and there's like, uh, you know, like a, a more like over-the-top kind of vibe to it, you know. Mm -hmm. Like it's not very nostalgic. It's like the way Stranger Things is, you know, nostalgic, and uh, you know, there's all these references, and then everyone that's like an R-age group can be like, oh yeah, man, you remember when we, you know, used to play Galaga and shit like that? There's really right. isn't, exactly. There As isn't, a matter of fact, the film almost goes out of its way. To not be that kind of 80s cheeseball nostalgia, although it takes place in an older time because there's no there's no Internet, there's no use of cell phones, there's no there's almost really nothing that modern at all in this movie. Um, I almost liken it to like having a, a, a trauma quality, but at the same time, a Hanna-Barbera meets trauma quality. <laughs> right. Yeah, you, you, you can see Lloyd Kaufman's reach you can see his influence in this film for sure and that that was actually a very good uh you know analogy like it's got a little bit of that trauma like toxic avenger vibe to it and uh one of the things too is like we, we both agreed that they don't go heavy-handed with the 80s references but it still seems like it's in the 80s in this weird way though right you know maybe yeah. the way, mm -hmm. you know people are dressed a certain way there's like a certain sensibility um you know, like there's no modern technology, there's no cell phones. And uh, yeah, just the look, you know, like the father, the, the guy who plays the dad is, um, is Adam Brooks, Adam Brooks. who's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a, a reg you know, he's part of the Astron uh, 6 group. And he, he just looks like a dad, a suburban dad <laughs> from the 80s. There's something about him, you know, the way he's dressed, his face, his mustache, like all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, he's great. He's he's the the lazy dad who does nothing, um, and he's always complaining and getting hurt and, and this and that. But uh, Kostansky not only directed the film, uh, he also wrote the film, and it stars uh, Nita Jose Hanna, 
uh, as the as like the main little girl of the film named Mimi, um, and her now this is this is really funny throughout the film. Like there's a joke about the younger brother named Luke, because everyone forgets his name because the I feel like it's done on purpose because the focus of the movie is of course Mimi the sister. And throughout the movie, everyone is forgetting Luke's name, and so did I just now. So it's very fitting that there's this joke in the movie that people don't remember his name, but Luke is played by actor Owen Meyer. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there is uh, another younger child in the film named Alistair, who plays quite a key role, played by Scout Flint. Um, <laughs> now, Psycho Gorman himself is played by Matthew Nineveh, but the voice of Psycho Goreman is done by Stephen Vlahos. What did you think of that booming voice? It, it reminded me of, of something. I just couldn't place what it was, like like a character in like, a, like an older kind of film, you know? I mean, I, uh, you know, Psycho Goreman was awesome. I mean, it's, we'll, we'll get to this, but there's sim similar to Wolf Cop, where there's definitely a horror comedy, but if you stripped out all of the horror elements out of Wolf Cop, you would basically have like a, a like a Vertigo comic book, basically story. You know, like some kind of like old school, yeah. you know, like Morbius or something like that. It would have been great, you know, and it's a different thing. And I feel like this movie too. If you took the kids out, you would basically have like like Infinity Gauntlet or something. You know, the story of like some world destroying, you know, guy like traveling through the cosmos and slaving, you know, people and stuff, you know? That's the thing. There is that kind of element to this movie about, it's funny you said like Infinity Gauntlet because although this is a, a low-budgeted film made for very little money, apparently, um, they, that money went to the special effects and the special effects are all this, this gr these great practical special effects that look fucking amazing. Um, Psycho Gorman looks amazing. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I the, the information I have on the on the um, budget is that it's fifty five k. That's how much they spent making this movie. <laughs> I mean, shit, Mike, don't you, you you have that in your wallet right now, don't you? <laughs> I mean, I, maybe not that, but I mean, it's 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 wow. I mean, you know, I mean, they, they, there are no stars in it. I mean, hell, there are probably people. In this movie worked for free, for God's sake. So who the hell knows? Um, you know, a lot of these, these movies are kind of labors of love. Uh, but as I was saying, now, it, this is a brand new film. Currently, it is only available to watch, uh, it is worth noting, um, in America here on uh, on demand. Uh, I watched it via Amazon for about six bucks. And I believe you can watch it on Apple for a certain amount of money as well. Uh, it is going to be on Shutter soon. Uh, I'm not sure when it is going to be on Shutter. So if you have Shutter, you'll be able to watch it, you know, as a part of that subscription. Um, but, you know, it's kind of fucked up because I, this would have been a joy to watch in the theater, don't you think? I, I was just going to say that, man. This would have been incredible to have a night out and check this movie out, like on a midnight showing or something like that. Yeah, and, uh, I know. It would have been great, you know, go to like uh, the Nighthawk or something like that and check it out. Because mm -hmm. um, that's probably where it would have played because that's where you and I saw The Void. So, yeah, absolutely. I think, look, I mean, who knows 
perhaps later this year. I mean, I, I would not rule out a movie like this, you know, making its way to theaters, no matter how long it's been out on on demand or shutter, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I, I would say that's a possibility, mainly because it's related to Kostansky and Astronaut 6. But I guess, you know, time will tell. I mean, you know what would be really cool is if they had like a double feature or some shit, you know, like some cool like movie theater somewhere would do like, uh, you know, The Void in like Psycho Gorman or like uh, Psycho mm -hmm. Gorman with Manborg or something like that. One of their, one of their more, yeah, um, no. you know, more totally. sci-fi like, you know, titles, you know. That would be a lot of fun. I mean, shit, I, 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 would, I would be there in a minute, you know. Yeah. But... Uh, we can get a little bit into, into the overall plot of the film. Um, and uh, me, me and her brother Luke are, you know, having fun, pl playing the crazy ball in their, in their backyard. And uh, they discover this glowing gem uh, in a hole uh, that Luke has been forced to dig by the domineering Mimi for losing the game. Now, there's something that needs to be said here about the relationship. Luke is about a year or two older than his sister, but his sister is like very, um, I don't know what's the word I'm going to use, but I mean, very A-type alpha, you know, she's the boss of, of the, of the, of the brother-sister duo, would you, to say the very least, right, Mike? Yeah, she's definitely uh, run shit, like in, uh, in the <laughs> brother-sister operation, you know. Yeah, she, she's very loud, abrasive little girl that, you know, is used to getting her way, mainly out of fear, uh, based. Not, not because the parents don't want to deal with her, but they might literally be afraid of her. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's this, like, glowing kind of strange, you know, orb that, that she finds in the hole. And, um, you know, she, she takes it into, her, into the house and keeps it. Around the same time, uh, this alien monster creature emerges from the hole and kind of makes his way out and about through the city. <laughs> and and the hilarity ensues, as they say, right, Mike? Yeah, and that's that's like what I, what I was saying about this thing being like you know this kind of um, obviously these guys read comics, which which rules, you know. I mean mm -hmm. they they probably grew up uh, you know reading Captain Marvel and that whole. Uh, Star Lord and uh, you know the uh, Infinity Gauntlet saga, like all that kind of stuff. Because that's yeah, no, there's some of that here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the alien, comics. you know, Psycho Gorman, whose name is actually the Archduke of Nightmares, which is a fucking the Archduke of Nightmares. Yes, <laughs> totally sick name, you know. And uh, yeah, this gem gives him all of his power. And I think I've heard that story mm -hmm. before somewhere else. <laughs> yes, yes, we have. Um, as it turns out, that gem also controls him. So as the children end up, you know, encountering him, they, they, they figure out that, you know, he basically kind of reveals to them this, no, doesn't he? That, you know, that the fact that she, she has this in her possession means that she can control him. So she kind of runs with that, obviously. And they, you know, want to make up a fun name for him, and they come up with the name Psycho Gorman, or PG for short. Um, 
But while all this is, is happening, there is a group of people called the Planetary Alliance who are supposed to be, you know, the good guys of the universe that have discovered that PG has escaped the imprisonment that they cast him in. And they send down Pandora, a noble warrior, a member who's also uh, PG's mortal, you know, enemy to, you know, down to earth to stop him. Uh, Pandora is played by Kristen McCulloch. Now, I mentioned that like Hanna-Barbera before, there's a scene where uh, the Planetary Alliance is kind of sitting at, at, you know, at a table and then they all have these kind of like unique kind of crazy looks at them. And not that it's like fuzzy and warm Hanna-Barbera. It's just kind of like this kind of fucked up looking Hanna-Barbera is what I thought. Like Hanna-Barbera done via the Astron 6. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Definitely. Uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, that that's... Uh... You know, it's like Star Wars, like, uh, you know, the canteen, Hanna-Barbera, aliens. But, you know, one of the things that Pandora, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but did you ever read the Micronauts comic book, like, way back? I remember, yeah, I used to, I had some Micronauts as a kid. The design of Pandora looks like one of the fucking Micronauts, if you ask me. Yeah, it kind of does, actually. And I have to say that there's a there's a scene with the people who you know the planetary alliance is supposed to be the good guys, where she like she needs a human kind of form to go down to Earth in. Yeah. And she, they like kill this innocent woman and she <laughs> smears the blood on her face. That was really fucked up. <laughs> that was really sinister kind of moment in the movie. You know. And also, uh, I mean, you know, we don't have to go in the order of this thing, but. Uh... You know, but uh, the Archduke of Nightmares, who appears to be a villain initially, kind of lays out his story. And basically, uh, you know, the um, Galactic Alliance, or whatever the hell they're called, Planetary Alliance, he's basically was a, a slave. <laughs> yeah, of course he's not. I mean, look, you kind of knew that he wasn't, like, it's not so cut and dry that he's a bad guy and he must be stopped, you know? Otherwise, I think there would be no film, Right. But you're right. He's not even, I mean, he's not a bad guy. They kind of enslaved him, you know. Um, and it, of, of, of course, they're, they're going to be enemies. I mean, look, look at what happened to them, right? Uh, so they kind of they kind of trot, trot PG, you know, Psycho Gorman through the town and they, they dress him up and because she can control him. He can do whatever, you know, she wants him to do. And there's just a lot of like funny moments a lot of funny scenes as you can imagine of course with this like they make him play drums for her band and she sings this song the freak you song <laughs> which, I, <laughs> which i thought was pretty great which i'm sure within the next coming months we're going to see some band covered freak you what do you think mike i hope not but maybe <laughs> i know i know i mean look it's cutesy and annoying but I'm telling you, somebody somewhere is going to cover that song. Um, and, of course, listeners, you, you're, you'll know what we're talking about if you haven't seen the movie. And if you have seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, which brings me back to it. Now, what did, you, what did you think of Mimi? Was Mimi tolerable? Was she intolerable? Was it too much? Was it just enough? Well, you know, I, I, before we started talking about this uh, movie, you mentioned that some of the people out there in Internet land uh, were critical 
of her because they thought that she was uh, annoying. Okay. And, you know, mm-hmm. I thought she was appropriately annoying for the kind of domineering bratty kid that she was supposed to be, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like going I, to watch like fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're like, oh, that movie was too violent. You know, like that, that, you know, Leatherface was like too scary. You know, it's like, yeah, well, he's supposed <laughs> to be, you know, it's like this kid's supposed to be annoying. She's supposed to be out of control. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's like saying, Leather- I really like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that Leatherface was just, he was just a bit much for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, Kostansky wanted her to be over the top, wanted the character to be as as annoying as possible, but tolerable, because I think she's actually a, a great character. She's like this, like, this uber little girl like you know what I'm saying? i mean she's like a, a little girl that you really don't even see in a lot of movies to this degree like just taking control and just unapologetic and stealing her brother's food i mean she's a brat right but at the same time she's like tough you know um and yes she's annoying that's 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 kind of the whole idea so i you know i don't agree that she was too annoying i think that was the idea is that she was supposed to be annoying. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of over-the-top stuff in here, man. A lot of, like, uh, really cool scenes, too, like where, um, you know, we have uh, Alistair, who is this young young boy that's friends with Luke <laughs> that yes. he has a crush on. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, when, when uh, she wants to, you know, hang out with him, He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I want to go play uh, video games with your brother. So she's all frustrated, mm-hmm. and she asks PG <laughs> to turn him into a playmate, and PG transforms him into this gigantic brain. <laughs> and it's almost like it's reminiscent of it, what happens to Chet in Weird Science to me, right? I don't yeah. know. Like, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the vibe I got. Like, Although Chet was turned into just like a living turd, he like he's turned into this like little this like brain creature that to me looked very throwbacky seventies you know Saturday morning cartoon thing. But at the same time, he's kind of disgusting too, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it, and that's the thing about it. It's like it's it's funny for sure, right? But it's like uncomfortable <laughs> though a little bit, you know? Yes, you feel bad for the kid. Because he doesn't turn back. No, he doesn't. He just stays this living brain, you know. And uh, he's like that. Yes. Yeah. And you know, and, there's definitely some dark moments in this film too. You know, uh, you know, with the bio cop, the cop who gets turned into this fleshy fucking thing, and you know, it's like, yeah. you know, he wants to die and shit like that. It's like it's not all yeah, fun and games. Was you know? Brutal. Yes. Yes. That was weird, actually. Like, I, I was. I mean. I, I, again, it, it's 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 not really for kids. This movie, it's a it's a kiddish movie for adults. And I, you know, it, it, if I had children, right, I don't think I would let my children, if they were under like thirteen, watch this movie. I would think like thirteen would be the 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 the, the line in the sand. No. Yeah, if I had a kid and they were, I, I was observing that they were, you know, a weirdo like me. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would, yes. and at, at age thirteen, I would, I would, I would introduce them to this film for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I, it is a bit in, intense at times, but it, it's not done in a way to be like fucked up and, and you know what I'm saying? And let's, let's fuck you up. It's done, you know, in a comedic way, but the blood is not spared and like the, the decapitations are not spared and the, you know what I'm saying? Like people being pulverized and things like that are, are all on screen. Um, there's an, another crew of people that, that, that comes into play here and that are Psycho Gorman's uh, supposed, you know, compatriots who, who come down. He, he summons them to help him out because this whole time he doesn't want to be, you know, hanging around with children at, at their beck and call. He wants to be killing them. Right, Mike? Yeah, he wants to be killing them and he wants to be just like laying waste to the rest of the universe, too. Yeah, he wants to be killing the rest of the universe. So when, when his crew arrives, they look even more fucked up than the Planetary Alliance. <laughs> and that, that also reminded me of just like this throwbacky puppet stuff with a very fucked up, you know, you know, Steve Kostansky seal of approval. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what's real interesting about these films, man. It's like there's... I mean, as I think about this, I start pulling more and more things that there's reminiscence of, like even like Dark Crystal or something like that. You know, there's like mm -hmm. all this stuff yeah. from the eighties of like, you know, practical effects, um, you know, weird, like you're saying weird science. There's like people being transformed into the cre into these creatures. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's like the comic book uh, galactic saga element, which I've, I really enjoyed in this movie. Cause I, like I was saying, the storyline, the overarching stories would have made a great comic book. You know, it was awesome. You know, you got, um, there's something else that I did not think about prior to, you know, doing the research and getting on tonight, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Ah, yeah. Yep. There you go. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. I just kind of thought of that, that, like, especially with the Planetary Alliance, uh, and some of the fight scenes and it's just, you know, and maybe even some Voltron in there, and, yeah. you know, it's, it, there's, there's a lot, a lot going on. And then of course there's, you know, there's a bit of a horror angle, and there's a bit of the, you know, the 80s throwback angle. And it just makes for a very, you know, fucking fun and entertaining movie. I mean, shit. Um, you know, I think, uh, I don't know if everybody is going to, like, be, you know, in love with this. I mean, I think it's a certain type of audience and a certain type of genre person. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it's funny because just the other day I listened to this uh, this MMA podcast called Morning Combat, and the dude that runs it, one of, well, there's two co-hosts, and it's one, one of the co-hosts is, uh, he talks about movies every now and then, and he's like, you know, Psycho mm -hmm. Goreman. I'm like, oh, great, you know? And he totally fucking destroyed it. <laughs> it's like, now, and I'm like, that's, yeah, but, mm. but the thing is, though, it's like, it's like I mentioned earlier, if you're going to go in, if you go into this movie, right, and you're expecting, uh, if you're not familiar with Astron 6 and you haven't seen some of their other films and you are expecting to see like the thing or, or you know, something right. that's, this isn't going to work. You know what I'm trying to say? But if you go in there with like, you know, trauma uh, the kind, and you know about their other movies, like you've seen Manborg, you know, you've seen The mm -hmm. Editor, you've seen Father's mm -hmm. Day, you know, you yeah. know where these guys are coming from, and it's, and you'll enjoy it, and that's what I mean, it's like very, it's a midnight movie, you know, it's not, 
100% serious, you know, but, you know, it's a, it's an incredible, I think it's great, man. You know, that's, that's my opinion about the whole thing. The thing is you had no way of knowing or if this guy saw any of like, did he make any allusions to the, to the other Astro Six movies at all? No, no, or he just kind of, no. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like I back what you just said, a hundred percent. Um, if, if I feel like there are going to be a shit ton of people though, who are going to watch this without any of the, you know, Astronaut six knowledge and without much, you know, knowledge of any of that kind of stuff and just put it on. Some of those people will of course like this movie. Uh, some of those people will hate this movie, <laughs> you know, um, the void is the most serious thing in a way this guy's ever done. Uh, it's, it's completely out of step with all the other things. And it did very well, and people really liked it. So I think it's kind of cool that he kind of went back and did this, right? He, you know, it's like, no, I can still do this. I can still make these kind of movies too, right? I think he should do both. I like, I like both of his more irreverent films, and I like his serious work too. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you, there's no need to be one or the other. I enjoy both, you know. Agreed. Yeah, and, and I, I can't wait to see what's next after this as I'm sure there will be more. Uh, you know, these these guys do great stuff and they do great work, and I'm sure we may even have some listeners who are like, eh, I don't really like the Astron 6 stuff. I don't like any of these movies, but I like The Void. <laughs> or I didn't like The Void, and I didn't like any of those movies. I mean, it's, you know, people's personal tastes. But I think this movie did a very good job at marrying, I don't know, five different genres, like five different, like, you know, uh, points of points of entry, right? Yeah, and it was just a a, a fun movie to, to watch uh, during this fucking pandemic, and you know, definitely a fun movie to watch during a, a blizzard for sure. The one thing I do have to say though, and my one criticism is that it's a little bit long, as far mm. as like editing goes. I think that okay. let's see, I think the movie clocks in at uh, 199 uh, ninety nine minutes at ninety nine minutes, so. You know, some of the montage scenes were a little bit, they, they felt uh, they, they dragged a little bit. You know, there's like these montages in there, like, you know, which they probably put in there to be, um, you know, pay tribute to the 80s because that was like a big thing back then. And um, I would have shortened some of that stuff up, you know. Uh-huh. I can agree there. I yeah. can agree. You know. Um, another little uh, piece of info is that uh, it, it came out January 22nd uh, on demand. Uh, the DVD Blu-ray does not come out till March 16th, and uh, again, it's going to be on Shutter at some point. Uh, I like the music a lot. The music was by Blitz Berlin. Um, I mean, it, it's it's up there with you know, uh, the, these are the same people that did the Void's music, and the Void's music was really awesome. So I thought that the music was really fucking cool. Did you like the music? Yeah, the, I recognize the name as being. Uh you know, uh, a, a composer they've worked with before. Um, did you, by the way, do you have the Void Blu-ray? No, I don't have the Void Blu-ray. I wish I did. I need the Void Blu-ray, and I need, I want Possessor. I want the proper Possessor Blu-ray, actually. Those are two things I'd like to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I wonder if there's, what kind of extras are on the Void Blu-ray, because I, I haven't bought that yet either, and uh, I'm curious mm-hmm. about that, because I, I would love to see some behind the scenes with all the all their movies. Like even, I mean, I'll probably, yeah. I'll probably get the get a physical copy of this too. You know, 
Yes, I will too, mainly because I have a funny feeling that there will be some fun, cool shit in it. Um, I, I have the, uh, the that super deluxe edition of the editor and of Father's Day, and they're both loaded with a lot of great, funny shit. Um, but uh, now, Mike, this is the, the, the you know, the, the moment of truth here. Uh, on a scale of Necromaniac 1 to 5, what do you give Psycho Gorman? I give it a 4. Solid 4. A solid 4. You know, it's very funny. I, I was teetering between 4.5 and 4, and I went with 4 because, look, it is a great movie. It is worth seeing. I will watch it again. But I don't know, like, you know, I think I, I, I prefer their maybe stuff that has less children in it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the editor, I think I might have even given a 4.5 to. You know what I'm saying? This gets a 4. Um, now, it's some people might be saying, well, you guys were gushing about this movie, and they're giving it fours. Well, it's not perfect. That's why we're giving it four. <laughs> right? Is that what you, what you would say? Yeah, well, four, you know, it's four is still a very good uh, score. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. I, I don't exactly. think there's anything wrong with that. I, um, I just said that, like, the only reason why I, don't, I didn't go hard with, the, with a 4.5 is just because I felt like some of the... Um, you know, some some of the the montage. It's just it was a felt to me. If they cut nine minutes out of this and it was a ninety minute film, and they, there's, mm. there's things that could have been tightened up with it that I felt dragged certain scenes, then I would have given okay. it a four point five. Like I, it literally, it's a technical thing of like uh, editing because I was like, I caught myself. Mostly, I was like all in, you know, but then there were certain scenes where I was just like, all right, okay, let's move on. Let's keep going. Keep it, keep it moving. Yeah. That's, I, I'm going to agree. That's I'm going to the agree. only, the only, um, you know, criticism I have, and that's what dropped it down to a four point, a four rather 4.0. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. you know, so yeah, I, I you know, cool. like I thought the editor was great and the editor felt, you know, very tight and very, you know, moved along at the right pace. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so that, yeah, that's it and and to me the the void uh, was just i mean i don't know i don't even think we could even compare this in the void it's not even fair uh so uh, that's why you know this is a, a very four with a bullet uh f for me yeah uh I, you know I, I i look forward to seeing what everyone else's reactions to this film is going to be and you know what our listeners think of the film and you know it, it's just a lot of fun um What's funny is that I had I remembered this movie and then I forgot about it and then I and then it came to the forefront of my head when um, on the Break the Apocalypse podcast uh, which has uh, my brother John John Draper uh, uh, on it they talked about it but they were talking about it as you know as how much they were excited for it because none of them had seen it yet so now I have a funny feeling by the next time I listen to their podcast they'll have all seen it. And, and have talked about it, but I have to credit them for, for kind of kicking it off in my head, like, oh, shit, I forgot about Psycho Goreman. <laughs> yeah, actually, The Void, I don't think that's actually listed as a, um as an Astron 6 film. No, it's just because Stansky himself uh, directed it, uh, The Void. Um, it's not necessarily one of their movies. It's, it's his movie, you could say. But... Yeah. Uh, he, 
There's that one guy, though, that has a cameo. Yeah, uh, Steve Well, it, it's actually co-directed. It's two of the Astronaut 6, Jeremy Gillespie and Steve Kostansky. Uh, but when it comes to production credits of The Void, it is not correct. It is not an Astronaut 6 movie. It is it is directed by two members of Astronaut 6. So it's a little confusing, but, you know, it's it, to me, it's a part of the lineage in a way for me. But there's that one guy that is an actor and part of the Astron Six team. I can't remember mm-hmm. his name though. That was he gets killed like in the beginning of uh, of the Void. I think his name is Matt Kennedy, maybe. Yes, Matthew Kennedy. Yes, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the guy. He's it. It's like he's in for like like a minute, <laughs> and he gets like murdered like right away. Now, what's funny about Gorman is that you know Costanzi soul directed and wrote it. And it stars one of the recognizable faces of the Astronaut 6, Adam Brooks. Um, and Matthew Kennedy plays Cortex. So it's weird. It's, it's so funny. When, when there are ones that aren't full Astronaut 6 like releases, at least three of the five are, are part of it. You know what I'm saying? It's so weird. So wait, Matthew. At least three... Never less than three have some, like have a little little tiny hand in it, you know? Um, and you always have to check the credits because you might not even realize it's just who's in it. Like Matthew Kennedy plays Cortex in uh, fucking Psycho Gorman. <laughs> and um, Adam Brooks plays Greg the dad. So, so it's just, I don't know. Well, Me, had, I think it's fucking. Well, he had, he was like, had like makeup on or something, right, Matt? Kennedy? Yes, exactly, exactly. To me, it's, I mean, shit, this is, this is five fucking hilarious, talented, awesome people, in my opinion, you know, I, I, everything these guys do, I'm there, so. (laughs) Have you seen that Astron 6 video comp? Do you have that? I own it, yes. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it. It's, it's fucking hilarious. I wish it was a Blu-ray. It's a DVD only, but, but, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's hilarious. And I, (laughs) there's that one (laughs) Thing that they did online divorce dad that they haven't put in any kind of collection yet but jesus christ that like the, the snippets of that are just so funny man wow it's just you know these guys just have their their pulse on a kind of humor that i like and horror that i like so yeah i'm, I'm a, i guess i'm a fanboy well you know hopefully uh you know they get uh you know a shot at doing like you know getting like a, a good budget and you know, mm-hmm. but still not compromising their vision, man, because that's that's what makes like the offbeat nature of their movies is what makes it most interesting. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, one could say the void is like their their statement on something, you know, like they, like that, that uh, that had some loot into it, you know, like some loot put into it, you know, uh, and it did well. I mean, it's not a big budget film. But as far as we know, maybe they don't want to do that. Who knows, right? I mean, it's just, it's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I I, uh, I could watch that over and over again, man. Just like the, um, it's like one of those films where just the visual aspect of it is enough for me sometimes to have that on. And, uh, you know, there's so much to that movie that I like. It's funny, like there are certain, you know, this is, you know, for the listeners, there are just certain uh, filmmakers and, and movies and things that kind of really kind of set this podcast in motion. And I feel like 
going back in the decade to like the, the first things that restaurant six did and like the, you know, uh, like the, you know, just certain movies that I think are part of the reason why I get excited about doing the podcast. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, for sure. You know, movies like Mandy and, you know, like it's just things like that are, are the things that kind of get me most excited. And I just love seeing like people just continue doing good work. You know, what I hope happens is, uh, you know, you know, um, you know, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, uh, the guys mm -hmm. who did, uh, you know, like the Endless and Synchronic. Uh -huh. uh, you know, I like Synchronic. Like Jeff and I did that in uh, that film, and um, that was a movie. Like like Moorhead and Benson have were indie guys, just like the Syn the Astron Six guys are, and mm -hmm. then they got some budget to do uh, this film, and. Um, and that's what I'd like to see happen to Astron 6. Like, Synchronic still feels just like their other movies, except that, you know, the production's better. And they were able to get uh, Anthony Mackie to, to be in it. They were, they were able to get Jamie, mm -hmm. Jamie Dornan to play in it. So they, they were able to get two mm -hmm. really quality actors and then just the overall production that, you know, really tightened it up and it made it really awesome. That's all I really want for these guys. And I, actually, I would say they don't even need... They can still cast the movies however they want with their friends and have you know, like all you know, have to say like like Matt you know uh, Kennedy playing it and everything, but yeah. just just to maybe get like a few extra bucks for some, uh, I mean look what they did with fifty five k man, you yeah know? it's amazing you know just uh, amazing stuff and if they just had like a, just a little bit more money to to really fucking make it happen I think it'd be great. Another example, like Panos Cosmatos, back in 2010, he does Beyond the Black Rainbow, and that was a movie that, you know, shit, I fucking love the hell out of that. And he took him a long time to follow it up with Mandy, but now Mandy has become like this, like, thing, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And you know Panos Cosmatos' name now, and I I cannot wait to see what he's going to do next, you know? I mean, there, there are rumblings about what he's going to do next, but... Nothing really confirmed, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of exciting to see people, you know, in the indie world doing their thing and Richard Stanley fucking making moves. And it's just, you know, uh, to me, that's what I get excited about. Dude, and Mandy gets better every time I watch it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I've yeah. seen, I've, I don't know how many times I watched it, but it's like so after you kind of absorb it for a while, then you start digging into the nuances of the film and it just has like a very like it's like a romantic movie really you know but then it's couched within this like brutal action revenge like like context too you know now longtime listeners will know that the, the the origins of this date back to mike and i seeing a serbian film in the theater <laughs> now a serbian, a serbian film was just released by unearthed films on blu-ray but apparently it's sold like wildfire, and you can't even get the Blu-ray right now, oh, which no. is really annoying because I kind of was asleep at the wheel on that, and I thought I wasn't asleep at the wheel on that. Um, Diabolic DVD had it for like five seconds, and they blew out of them, and then Unearthed blew out of them. And I'm not entirely sure what the status is of them uh, 
getting it again. But I learned something in the past week or two online about Serbian film. While you and I enjoyed it, and we know a bunch of people who enjoyed it for what it was and, you know, shocking cinema and all that. And, uh, you know, there are people that hate that movie, I've learned. I'm like, sure. That, I'm, I'm sure. There are I'm sure people there is. that get mad. I've I've seen. I saw it online and I couldn't believe it on Facebook. Of course, Facebook. People getting mad at people who who enjoyed that film in any way, and I'm just like, really? It's like, is that what this has come to now? It's like, well, you know, you we know, have to cut down people who want to see Serbian film. Is that what we've come to? Well, you know what that means. <laughs> that means we got to revisit that shit. Um, we do need to revisit it. We yeah. do need to revisit. I really want us to see the this this you know this deluxe Blu-ray and yada yada yada. But I don't know. We'll have to see what the status is if it's going to get if they're going to print more copies of it or whatever. But isn't it interesting that they blew the fuck out of it so fast? Not really, man. Because that movie is got has got legs, man. Like I, I have the the DVD that came out years ago. I don't know if the cut's mm -hmm. different, but the one I have is the full cut that we saw in the movie theater. Right, but uh, I don't know. Apparently, the, what even made like the fact that it made it to the theater is that they shaved some shit down. But I don't know what exactly. I've heard things that it's not even all that much to be honest. Hmm. But um, I don't know. Yeah, there's a there's a very strong hatred of the film out there. Wow. And look, I I get it. I get it. But it's a movie. It's not real. It, these things didn't happen on the set. I mean, right? I look at it from a very, you know, like, calm down, it's a movie point of view. I, guess. I don't know. Well, I you know. I'm crazy. Yeah, Pasolini, man. There were threats but when he made uh, Salo, 100 days of yes. Sodom, 120 days yeah. of Sodom, Sodom, Sodom 120 Sodom. days of I mean, Sodom. Yeah, people wanted to kill him, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I know. And this, this kind of is, uh, actually, that movie is way more extreme than Serbian film, in my opinion. Yeah, from what I understand, it is. Like, yeah. uh, ten times more. I've never even seen it. Oh, I see. I, I'm, I'm still, yeah. I still, Mike, I, I've said this on the show, it sits in my collection. I haven't watched it. I guess I gotta fucking watch it, because I just gotta watch it. <laughs> I've, I've got like some sketchy like VHS dub of that movie. That's what I have. I don't even have like a legit copy of it, you know. Oh but, my god! But uh, yeah, I mean uh, that's you know, Unearthed Films. I'm sure they put out like the ultimate version of it with like the maximum mm -hmm. amount of offensive shit in it. So that's cool, <laughs> you know. Yes, exactly. That that's a company that doesn't shy away from. From the dark stuff. Hell no. Uh, so, uh, no, hell no. But uh, um, I just saw <laughs> some quick news I forgot to mention in the front of this thing, and it kind of is somewhat relevant to, especially since we just mentioned the origins of uh, the first episode of my other podcast, Everything Went Black, which featured me and you. Uh -huh. Watch it mm -hmm. after, after we'd seen a Serbian film discussing it at, uh, you know, at that diner there on Fifth Avenue uh, mm -hmm. in Brooklyn. But uh, my last episode with Metal Matters is coming up in February, man, or this month. That's right. And um, mm -hmm. so I've uh, officially resigned as host, and uh, they, they're continuing the show. And I actually, I actually selected the guy to follow in my footsteps on that show. And, uh, and um, yeah, Fred Pissarro 
uh, who used to be, uh, you know, editor at, at Noisy and, you know, he worked, yeah. at, worked at Revolver and the main man at Brooklyn Vegan back in the day. He's taken mm -hmm. over for me and uh, Everything Went Black is going to relaunch as a weekly show that uh, we're going to have, you know, Randy, Randy Larson, who co-hosted a lot of the stuff at Metal Matters, is going to join me. Uh, Ralph mm -hmm. Schmidt another guy who uh, co-hosted a lot of the episodes at metal matters. We're going to be doing like a lot of the same stuff we did there, but with longer episodes and uh, no format constraints as to the style of music. And then there'll be like, you know, interviews and other stuff like we're normally doing, but it'll be four episodes a week. So everyone who, who gives a shit about metal matters, changing of the guard, but I'm going to continue with a similar type of thing over at Everything Went Black. So, yeah. Well, I, I know Fred Pissarro as well. I've known him a long time. He's, he's you know, he's booked uh, The Last Stand on a few shows back in the day. Uh, good guy. Another, you know, big music guy. Likes all kinds of music like you do. Uh, so I think he's a great replacement. And I'm happy to hear that Randy is, is, is coming along with you because I like your, the, the rapport you and Randy have is, is really good. I, I have to say I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and uh, congrats, man! And oh, look, looking forward to the uh, everything went black relaunch. Uh, there, there is no, no necromaniacs without everything went black. So I'm hoping the listeners listen to uh, to both shows. And uh, yeah, man, very cool. And uh, you know, we hope you guys enjoy. You know we, that we added Jeff a while back, and that we've kept the show rolling as a on a weekly basis, as opposed to the Rather sporadic schedule, Mike and I have time. But uh, what's the, the the cool thing about that is that it is it has turned the show into a, a long running show that's hitting year seven uh, soon. So uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. That is gonna. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Thank you all so much uh, for listening and checking us out, uh, especially on Instagram, where we seem to be pretty pretty active. Uh, if anybody has any uh, thoughts about tonight's episode or any future episodes, please let us know. Uh, shoot us a message on Instagram. And uh, I look forward to seeing what everybody thinks about Psycho Gorman. What about you, Mike? Definitely, man, because like I said, this movie's not for everybody, for sure. You know, and that's why uh, I, I, that's the kind of stuff I like, man. I like when it, you got to have, you know, it's not for everybody, you know, but if you like it, I want to know if you liked it. I want you to let us know what you thought about the movie. And, you know, if you didn't like it, that's fine. But, you know, just uh, definitely go check it out and try to support these guys at Astron 6. Uh, you know, they're not all their films might be your cup of tea, but they're, mm -hmm. they're talented guys. And I think that they're doing great work. Absolutely. And uh, we are going to dip our toes back into the American Giallo uh, scene once again. Uh, looking forward to that as well. And, of course, we're going to be covering all the new stuff from 2021. And, uh, of course, the classics as well. Uh, have a great week, everybody. And we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.